The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show. Today on Media Litter Sandwich, I'm at Astronomicon 3. There are three interviews in this. The first interview is Dave Santia. He is a speed painter, so he gets on stage. He paints these great paintings really fast. He auctions them off for charity. Our second interview is from the G.I. Joe cosplay group, The Finest. They're currently going around raising money for canines for warriors. And then we have Uncle Lloyd Kaufman, the famous director and co-founder of Troma Entertainment. Yeah, the, the Toxic Avengers, Tromeo and Juliet, Newcomb High. This, this is an interview you're definitely going to want to watch. Uh, yeah, Uncle Lloyd is pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich. I'm Toden from Toden.com. And with me, I'm actually at Astronomicon today. So this is really cool. Big thanks to Astronomicon for having us here and setting up interviews. Uh, <laughs> with me is Dave. I cannot pronounce your name right, so I'm going to let you pronounce your name. Smith. Smith. <laughs> uh, Santia. You know, <laughs> that's great. You know, I'm going to take off this mic flag because unless I'm going to wave, I feel like i got to wave this around. And actually, that probably feels good. That probably sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got uh, B be my camera guy today. He just gave me a really dirty look, told me to stop doing that. So I'm just going to take that flag off here. And uh, uh, if you want to be the first person to listen to, just go to the Patreon. If you want to be the second person to listen to um, Media Lair Sandwich, go to DV Farm. Or not DV Farm. DV Farm is a great charity, though. Go to DVRadio.net. They have a calendar up there. But I'm going to stop wasting time on that. Uh, you just did a live painting uh, in front of how many people? Oh, I don't know. Maybe about, uh, I don't know, 100? 100 people, maybe? About 100 maybe people. Five of them, actually. Wow. And how much time? Um, in about, it took about maybe about an hour, maybe a little less. Wow. Yeah. So what's the, what's the difference between just doing a live painting and then doing a speed painting? Well, well, that's what I, that's all, all my speed paintings are done live in front of a, a an audience because mm -hmm. part of the art of it is it's not just, the, the art isn't just the painting it's the whole ensemble of uh, the music being played the i got accompanying music mm -hmm. playing while i'm painting and the, the music you know complements the the painting it's it's related to the painting you know if i'm doing a painting of Jimi hendrix it'll be the Jimi hendrix song or whatever and and also the audience is very much a part of the art too because their reaction when i give the reveal because mm -hmm. a lot of times i'll do them upside down or i'll do them in a way where um People won't know what it what it is I'm painting until I allow them to know, and so the combination of the music, the painting, and the crowd reaction—that whole ensemble is the is the art. That's that's the art piece. And this is a full blown performance. Mm -hmm. You know how like do you look at it as as oh I'm doing art tonight or I'm performing tonight? How, how do you look at it in your own head? Performing, I'm performing. Well, actually, both because it is, it is, you know, essentially, it's it's both. Performance is art, so yeah. But yeah, it's it's a performance. Do you do a practice piece before, or are you kind of? Um, yeah, most of the time I do. 
Yeah, if it's something that I've painted numerous times over and over again, and I'm I'm very well familiar with it, then then I don't have you know I don't bother practicing it ahead of time because I've done it you know forty times already. Yeah. Like, where do you normally perform at? Is this like, oh, I'm going to do this bar, or is it always like a convention or something? I, I... Um, well, when I first started uh, teaching myself how to how to do this speed painting thing, I I was doing it with the intention of it uh, being. Oh, an alternative form of entertainment for bars and restaurants other than a, a band or a DJ or something like that. And um, then I, I, I started posting videos on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff, social media. And uh, these charities, a friend of mine actually who was, who was running a fundraiser asked me to come on out and do this, this, this fundraiser and do a couple speed paintings there. And I said, yeah, sure. So I did it. That fundraiser led to two more fundraisers. Those two led to two, you know, four more, and so on and so forth. So I do them mostly for um, for fundraisers for various charities, uh, all across all across the country. Uh, before you do it at a fundraiser, do you guys kind of talk about what what you're gonna do, or is it all all on you? Uh, most of the time, we discuss what it is that I'm I'm gonna do. Um, you know, a lot of times, like the charity will want me to to paint something that's in that's related to the, you know, whatever the charity is, um, you know, or whatever theme they've got going on. Uh, one time, I, I did a, um, I did a fundraiser for, uh, it was for a, a charity that benefited uh, kids with with cancer, and the theme was superheroes, and they wanted me to paint superheroes, so I did. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of times I'll paint for you know, for churches and they'll want me to paint religious figures, that sort of thing. But, um, and you know, sometimes they do say, Oh, go ahead, paint whatever you want. Um, and, and of course I'm not going to paint anything vulgar or anything like that, you know, family friendly, that sort of thing. And I'll ask them, you know, okay, what's the, what's the demographic of the, your, your crowd? What's the age, you know, is it mostly men, mostly women, that sort of thing. So I try to get a feel for what I think they might be intro, in, in, into. You already know what my next question sounds like. Because it's like, has there ever been a time where you, you're like, you see the audience like, oh, that's not going to work. I'm going to have to think of something else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, 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 that's where these questions <laughs> came from. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, yeah. Uh, and, but also in the beginning, I learned that, um, that, uh, it's really difficult to judge the, the audience. Um, there was one fun, this one fundraiser that I did, it was mostly an older crowd and the MC who has seen me paint a number of times, um, uh, at, at a number of fundraisers, he, you know, at the time I was painting Kid Rock a lot. He was getting requested mm -hmm. a lot. And then he went all political, and then that tied out. But um, the, being in the Detroit area, yep, we we see the we see, yep right. we we've seen the, the right. Yeah. So, anyways, well, yeah. it was before all that. So, anyways, uh, uh, back when people liked them, right? They, Still overrated, but uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, the MC said to me, he goes, Dave, I don't think Kid Rock is going to go over well with this crowd because it was an older crowd. Mm -hmm. So I decided to paint the Godfather. Uh, the uh, you know Marlon Brando, Sparky Anderson, I painted, and I painted Marilyn Monroe, but I still had an extra canvas, and they were going nuts over these paintings that I. This is way back in the beginning. Still, they were going nuts for these three paintings that I did, and then they see they saw that I had a another a fourth one, they want me to paint a, paint that one too. So 
I painted Kid Rock. That one auctioned off. It went for the most out of all the other paintings that I did that night. It went for like $6,600 or something like that. And um, I I can't remember what the charity was for, but uh, because I've done so many of them. Um, So, yeah, it just goes to show you, you don't know what the crowd, you know, you can judge the crowd as much as you want, but like the like the old saying says, don't judge a book by its cover because you never know. Oh, and the, and the person that got that that Kid Rock painting, he was like in his seventies, <laughs> so <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So just to sum up, you do a painting in what? Fifteen minutes? Ten minutes? Um, it depends. Uh, I, my the quickest painting I I I I can do takes ninety seconds, but generally. They take about six or seven minutes to do. Wow, that's crazy. I'm going to go to your website and probably put a couple of the paintings on the video. So video version it will be different than the audio version because um, this is also an audio podcast. Right, right. Um, you know, and uh, um, so, you, so, you, so you paint in front of the crowd and then you auction it. That's why you're so popular at uh, charities and yep. foundations. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Do you know how? what's the highest amount you brought in? Uh, one of my paintings, uh, you, you, as far as one of my paintings goes, uh, one of my paintings. It could be a collection. Uh, yeah. The, well, the most one of my paintings went for was seventeen thousand five hundred, um, and that money went towards building a school in Africa, um, or maybe it was just a classroom. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it was a good charity. We know that it was right. a good cause. <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, collectively. Well, that same night, actually, we raised uh, we raised about thirty about thirty five thirty five thousand dollars with just just the, my paintings. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, what's something that happened during a um, during a show that you totally never expected? I'm totally looking for a funny story or, or something <laughs> that what's something that you just never expected that that threw you off? I tripped over a two year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was painting at a fundraiser and I had my tarp down. Now and somehow I you know, when I'm on my tarp, that's my stage. No one's on there, right? I, I at least I don't expect anyone on there. And um uh, all of a sudden I, and I step back, you know, I'm I'm back and forth, back and forth and and I don't I'm not looking behind me when I'm stepping back cuz I'm on my tarp, so I'm not expecting anything or anyone to be there. Yeah, you're in the zone. You're doing your thing. Yep. All of a sudden, I fell back. Boom. I was tripped on something. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I heard this kid crying. I'm like, what the hell was... And I, and there was a, I was on top of a two-year-old, oh, little no. two-year-old boy. Somehow, he got away from his parents, and he went right up to the... Right up to me, you know, you know, and I didn't, I didn't see him. I felt so bad. Oh. I mean, I, I've got the, a lot. The, the recovery is huge on that one. Yeah. I've got a lot, a lot of yeah, funny. What's what's a good funny story? Yeah, uh, there was an event that I had to do where they 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 made me they wanted me to paint on a on a man-made lake on a on a floating on a on a pontoon, and they built. Oh, this, this, is, this, this sounds great idea. <laughs> they built this pontoon specifically for me to paint on because that's what they wanted. And and I'm like, did, did they take stability into? Uh... <laughs> well, it, it, it actually it was pretty stable because it was kind of like attached to to the to the, the solid land, but uh-huh. it was still, you know. And and I'm trying to 
paint and stay balanced at the same time. And I'm tall, so my you know I'm six foot nine. So my center of gravity is you know kind of like not the same as everyone else. So like when a rail is down here, down to you know only a foot and a half or two feet high, my center of gravity is above that. So I'm gonna go over that rail if I get you know, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've got, if I could sit here and just think about it, I can tell you a ton, <laughs> a ton of stories. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I asked Cindy Crawford out on, uh, went to a, did a fundraiser and she was there and I asked her to be my, my date to my, um, high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to say no, which she did, but at least I can say that I tried. <laughs> it's not like they have hopes. It's like, I just want the story. Right. Of asking them, yep. that's what I want. <laughs> now, if they right. said yes, you're like, oh, I, 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 I okay, cool. <laughs> me off, yeah, would have thrown me off. But um, um, oh yeah, you know, because I've, I've met a lot of celebrities doing this sort of thing. You know, a lot of you know a lot of fundraisers that they support mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And you know, they're they'll a lot of times they'll they'll be there, or if I'm doing a fundraiser for their foundation, you know, they'll they'll be there. So, so you do cons, you know, like, well, you're doing this con where there's a lot of cosplay. Does it ever throw you off? You're like, man, I could have dressed like Bob Ross on. No, I probably shouldn't dress like Bob Ross. You know? <laughs> uh, no, not 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 really. Um, you don't want to mess it up. <laughs> right. I'm looking at your face right now like, yeah, you're going to get paint all over it. Well, there is a video on YouTube, actually. Uh, I've got a Chewbacca costume that I made over 20 years ago, about 24 years ago or so. And I made this this costume because you know I'm six foot nine. I can't dress as Yoda. Um, <laughs> well, you can. I mean, you, you know, why not? <laughs> It'd be a really big Yoda. <laughs> but uh, uh, so we did this video of me dressed as Chewbacca, <laughs> doing a speed painting out in the woods um, of Han Solo frozen in carbonite. <laughs> it's out there. It's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, amazing. And now I'm trying to think what Yoda would look like at almost at six foot nine people are like are you a tree troll (laughs) well actually i did think about making a yoda costume of from the from like my chest up being yoda Uh and then and then everything down being like a tree stump or something well if you did that i would say if you could get someone smaller not you know not necessarily under five foot but even if it's like five foot four Mm -hmm. them dress it as uh chewbacca and then you'd be yoda (laughs) That would be funny. <laughs> Have a little uh, dwarf, dwarf uh, Chewy, and uh, and and a giant Yoda. <laughs> Maybe Yoda's got like a stunt growth or something. I mean, how do we know that his species isn't really tall? <laughs> I mean, wait, there was Yaddle, but maybe they both have stunt growths. I don't know. I or uh, growth, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. So how do you know, I mean, you probably practice your paintings for uh, uh, performing, I assume, at least sometimes. Um, Do you ever um, pre-do any work on the canvas, like even an outline or anything? Um, If it's something that I'm brand new to, something that I've never painted before and I'm not familiar with it, yeah, I'll have help on the canvas. And and it's usually for centering and proportioning reasons. And, and um, as, as I become more and more familiar with the painting after, after I do it a number of times, then the help starts to disappear. Then I'll have like, like little marks for like, you know, where I'm gonna put the eyes, nose and mouth at, and the top and the bottom of the head, you know, just enough for, for centering and, and proportioning. And, um, and I build it from there, you know, cause a lot of it is improvised as I'm, uh, as I'm, as I'm doing it. 
I, I'm a little curious because you do some of these paintings, uh, you know, numerous times, as you said. Um, where's the most variation at? Because obviously they're not going to be exact duplicates. Right. Where do you see the most variation at? What do you mean? Um, like, okay, this color, you know, sometimes I do this coat, this color, sometimes I do that color, or his eye, you know, this person's eyes are sometimes wider, narrower. Uh, you know, you know it, I put a boogie in this person's nose once right. just for the heck of it. Um, with brush strokes, really, because I, I do generally use the the, the, the same, uh, you know, color combination, mm -hmm. or, you know, all the time. Like if I'm painting M&M, and I'm using certain colors, and then the next time I paint them, it's gonna be the same colors. But, you know, like, and sometimes I will improvise as I go along. I, you know, I'll do something, I'll decide to do something different that I didn't do before, you know, just for just for the fun of it, just to see how it's gonna look. Um, but um, it's definitely with with the with brush strokes because you cannot duplicate that and and the the um, the and it makes it original. So when auctions like this right. is from this time and mm -hmm. it does make it feel way more original. Yeah. Well, a lot of times you know I'll I'll sp like splatter the paint on there on the mm -hmm. canvas and then work with it from there. And that's another thing I can't really control is I can I can control the general area of where the splatter is going to be, but I can't really control exactly where it's going to be. So 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 that'll be different from the next time I, I paint it. Uh, so each one, even though I've painted, you know, I've, I've painted, I don't know, M&M a number of times, each one is still different. Even though it's the same photo reference, each painting is still different. So um, you've mentioned, Kid Rock mentioned M&M. Right now you're wearing a Detroit Tigers uh, jersey. Are you from the Detroit area? Yep, born and raised. I, I was curious, it was, it was like... Do you always like try to wear something of the city that you're in, or is this just because yes, yeah, Detroit, born and raised, gotta represent today? Or do you wear, or is this your normal painting jersey? <laughs> um, and no matter what, no matter where I paint, um, I always wear something representative of Detroit. That's amazing. That's that's why. Because it's Detroit, man. I'm here. Uh, the, uh, it's the threatened people that come up on the canvas, so you don't trip on them. <laughs> Let them know I'm from Detroit, so they don't mess with me. No, but uh, but however, uh, a lot of times the jersey that this this you know like this Tigers jersey, a lot of times I'll keep that home. But if I'm if I'm you know, because I don't want, you know, sports rivalries can be nuts and crazy sometimes. Who's going to be intimidated by Detroit Tigers, though? Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, if I'm painting, if I'm painting elsewhere, I'll wear something, you know, that says, you know, something about Detroit. Yeah, almost all the time. If you see my, my videos on YouTube, almost every single one of them, YouTube or actually mostly on Facebook, almost in every single one of them, almost, I'm wearing... Uh, either a, like a Made in Detroit shirt or a Detroit Rocks shirt, you know, something that says Detroit. Even if it's in small print, it says Detroit on there. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share? I, I'm, I'm, it's about time I wrap up. Uh, <laughs> any, any other stories or anything you want to share? Oh, God, I could sit here for hours and tell you stories. I, I would love to sit <laughs> here for hours. Hey, no one's banging at the door, though. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, I think uh, I think we pretty much covered all the bases. It was actually a really good interview. Yeah. Was there any, like, when you people ask you about your art, what's something you're like, man, I wish someone would ask me about this. No one asked me blank, and I kind it's something I want to put out there. Um, my other artwork. People always ask me about my speed painting. Um, and I did my speed painting. One of the reasons why I was why I started doing the speed painting is to um, get people interested in seeing the stuff that takes me 40, 50 hours to do. And 
but they're not interested in it. They're interested in, I guess, in the entertainment value of the speed mm -hmm. painting. They're interested in the stuff that takes me five minutes. So, yeah, no one ever really asks me about about my other artwork because a lot of times I think people think that the only thing I do is is speed painting. But no, I do I do oils, you know, I, I do still lifes, I do you know everything. I'm just known for speed painting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people don't think about the 10, 20 years it took you to get to be able to do this thing over here. Yeah, longer than that, actually, since mm. I was seven. Wow. And, yeah, and I'm 45 <laughs> now. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can people see this, these other paintings on your website or, or on YouTube? Um, yeah, they are on my website. I think I've got a couple time-lapse videos on YouTube that I put up. I was going to say, if it's ago. on time lapse, that's a speed painting, right? <laughs> I mean, essentially, I guess. I mean, well, it's it's actually uh, time lapsed videos of paintings have kind of adopted the, the the term speed painting, but that's not you know it's not actual speed painting, but uh, but yeah, it's it's time lapsed. But um, uh, uh, yeah, there's there's videos of that stuff on on YouTube, you know, and there's pictures on my website, you know, davesantia.com. Shameless plug. Uh, yeah, that was the next thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> or on my Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff. I mean, I'm on all the social media outlets, almost all of them, I, I think. <laughs> I pay attention to certain ones more so than I do to others, but, you know. Okay, so um, because so this question, the answer is no, I just cut. But um, because I'm mostly on DD radio and mostly have a veteran audience, I always have to ask, are you a veteran? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, but, then, then I just... Matt, the guy that was just here, he's a veteran. Okay. And I do a lot of uh, fundraisers for, uh, you know, charities, for, you know, for veterans a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good charities for veterans, uh, including the DV Farm. So check out dvfarm.org, or if you shop on Amazon, as people do either want to or begrudgingly, go to smile.amazon, where to no cost to you, uh, a little bit of the proceeds go to charity of your choice, and our charity of choice, of course, is DV Farm. Um, <laughs> see how I have to shoehorn that in there? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I really do appreciate it. You got it, my What's up, Astronomicon? Shana Ray's Blade, House of Ray's Blades. Round number two of Inked Magazine that starts February 11th. Voting is daily, so set your alarm on your phone with a little picture of me that says, oh, I gotta go vote for Shana Ray's Blade right now. That's that. YouTube, houseofraysblades.com. This helmet actually goes with my outfit. It's the Show version two. And we're back at Media Litter Sandwich. We're still at Astronomicon. I'm here. You know what? Go ahead and introduce yourself, what you're doing here, and the, the, you're doing some great work. Just tell me about it. Actually, we're a group called The Finest. We actually raised money for this year in the past couple of years for Canines for Warriors. Very great organization. Uh, military ch uh, charity that actually raises and trains dogs for many veterans with many different needs. It's, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. So you're a group that promotes this other group, or are you actually part of part of them? Actually, no. The Finest is actually their own organization. We started off with USO in the very beginning, worked with Wounded Warrior, raising money for them, and Canines Warriors is it's a really great opportunity to actually save two lives at once is how we use that, put it. So cosplay group that focusing on mostly G.I. Joe cosplay? 
pretty much everything G.I. Joe genre, um, even for our garrisons overseas, they do action force figures is what it was back in the day. Okay. So it, it's really great to see how many different characters and outfits have been put together over the years. And so why, so these are veteran oriented things. And I notice a lot of you guys are dressed as bad guys from GI Joe and not the actual good guys. Is there a correlation there? What's going on? Actually, irony is that Michigan has our, most of our garrison is the bad guys. Now, when I go to cons in Chicago, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> All of them are pretty much Joes over there. So I'm kind of feel like a fish out of water in that one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's we have fun. That's the whole idea of this is to have fun. Now, um, now, what's your title? I'm actually the commanding officer of the Central Defense Force that we cover Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did I catch your name on here? I, I don't quite remember. I don't know. My name is Eric, and and you can find it at the finest or where. where Actually, when people look up the finest CC online, you actually will uh, see a world map and you can actually click on every state that has a logo. Mm -hmm. That's actually an active garrison. And you click on that. And if it's near your state, you can click on it, contact the commanding officer or the XO. More. We're always looking for recruits. So this is a, a great way to actually show off how big we are. And people are actually amazed that we actually cover so many countries, and it's phenomenal. Now, how do you, you know, a lot of cosplay groups have charity components. How do you actually uh, um, get people to donate to these charities? Actually, we have great donation things. We have posters, we have pins, we have uh, charity calendars that come out every year, which is phenomenal. Usually it's the Girls of the Finest. This year was a little bit different. It was the Girls of the Finest with like pairing. So we'll have like a one person that might be the opponent for the other person in different roles. So we had females dressed up as male characters from the toy and cartoon line, which is a great twist. Right. Well, I mean, you guys are selling things or have some kind of ways for people to donate to these charities. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. I- I'm trying to find the challenge coin that I bought earlier, um, which oh, it's in yes. Jinko pants. It's hard to find things sometimes. <laughs> like I'm digging in my pants. I'm pulling out bottles. Well, I'll hold this. You go ahead and dig out this awesome, awesome challenge coin. Are awesome. I know it's GI Joe, but this was last year's challenge coin, and it has a sky striker on one side. And I'm gonna flip over the packaging. Video version is different than the audio uh, version. Yes. And on the other side is Canine Warrior Dog on it to represent what charity we would actually bring up. This is a beautiful challenge coin. And, and uh, as they all are on your table, uh, you know, it, it's just really cool to to see this. It's a really cool challenge coin. And for um, for fundraising, it's cool that it, it, it meets your... Uh, um, your guys, it's, I, I don't want to say gimmick, but... Actually, challenge coins are based for people doing missions. That's what the yeah. challenge coin represents. And these are kind of ways to make sure we honor the, the people that have done this. They've gone on these missions. They have all these different ones. But we're making it a little bit more fun and knowing that's going for a great cause. Yeah. Um, how many people like are veterans in your... Not like... How many people are veterans in your chapter? Or uh, is that just a, nor- is that a normal thing? 
Um, not all of us are actually veterans. I was not, but my parents are. My mom and my father both served. Uh, my dad was an Airborne Ranger. I don't know my mom's full thing, but they had the same medal. So, uh, so I come from, you know, military background. A lot of the members do either have served in one service or another. So it's kind of them making sure that, you know, the future is also being taken care of, too. Yeah, absolutely. How do you choose which charity you're, you're going to represent? Um, that is actually by the commanding officers. We actually, since every garrison has a commanding officer. And all the garrisons do the same charity? Yes, we do. We actually get together and we have a vote on which we're going with. Canines for Warriors was like a hands down for the past few years. It's been great knowing what we do. It's mm -hmm. an easy winner. I mean, they're all great, but it was like everybody goes, oh, my gosh, you're saving canines. You're saving dogs out of shelters to give them to vets that could use them. Now, this is all vets, so people might be you know, narrow-minded that it's just male vets that get these. No, if you go to Canines for Warriors' website, you'll see a lot of the vets that have gotten it for many different things. I, I don't think it's all vets either. I think also for uh, other emergency services too. I could be wrong, but I think it's also emergency services. They extend it out that way, mm -hmm. just in case there is somebody, they want to make sure that everybody's covered. But a lot of the vets, you know, people think, well, the Coast Guard. No, the Coast Guard is part of our, our great service to our country. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically they're part of Homeland Security, but they are, I, Overseas, I had more fun with the Coast Guard than I did with the Air Force. <laughs> so I'm perfectly down with the Coast Guard. And uh, if I could re-enlist for the Space Force, I totally would. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a little too fat and I'm too dumb for the Air Force, but that's okay. I would totally go in the Space Force. Well, there, there's talks that Cobra will actually match that, you know, <laughs> because if the United States is going to do that, Cobra has to come up a way to compete with them. Mm -hmm. And I'll be coming out of Michigan, so, you know, Michigan's the, the really good state for all this good Cobra life-size vehicles that we're putting together. So your garrison covers three states? Yes, we cover three. Uh, how many shows do you do? Wow. I know, this, this is tough. I, I've asked the, the, the Detroit Ghostbusters, same thing, and they're doing, you know, they do a lot, too. We do a lot, and well, the problem is it's just when I cover three states— I'm looking at that schedule, and it's really a jam-packed thing. I mean, we get asked to do little get-together, fundraising, stuff like that. So keeping a tally year by year, I can't do that until the end of the year. I know last <laughs> year was over 50. Yeah, that's at least one every week taking one holiday off, pretty much. Wait, there's holidays? Um, <laughs> so I'm told. I'm told. <laughs> Not for us. We... we uh, with having an XO and having a large area to cover, we actually have devised a way to cover more areas and do more yeah. conventions. I know last year our garrison was in charge of three conventions the very same weekend, and they were all fairly big. So luckily, you know, everything worked out. And by doing that, we actually had grown another garrison out of that. So Ohio was actually part of the Central Defense, but they actually were able to form their own. And so, of course, this, you know, our garrison helped them as much as we could. We still do every, you know, every chance we get. It's not about individuals. It's uh, we're doing it for the big goal. Mm -hmm. So how are you able to finance driving around to all these different conventions? A very good pay, paying job. 
<laughs> Day job, I assume. For now, actually, I'm going to have to switch to a third shift. I'm going to have to go to get some more college to get a better Aww. degree. It doesn't really affect well, the comms, though. That's yeah. the good news. Well, what I'm getting at, it's out of pocket. Everything. For the most part, like, do you get reimbursed anything? None of our stuff is reimbursed. All mm -hmm. the costs that we can get reimbursed is the stuff that people donate for on the table. So our costumes, our drive time, our hotels, that's like every individual's pocket. Mm -hmm. So we have nine members here today. And if you start calculating it all out, that was pretty, you know, a big logistic thing to have nine different people coming in. Um, Ten, if you count the one that came out from Ohio, mm -hmm. you know, it can be a logistic thing. But, you know, when I drive to Chicago, we're talking about trying to get everybody lined up from Michigan out to Chicago to try to help support Chicago to you know, mm. get more recruits that way. Oh, man. So what's been like one of the best reactions you've gotten since you started this or since you started doing this? Actually, there was a veteran in a wheelchair. And the very first year I put this costume together. He just, he was pushed up to me and he's like, I am so glad to see this version of Destro. He was my favorite when I was younger. And all I could think about is, I, yeah, it's not about me. It's about all these people that actually enjoy seeing these different characters and remembering the childhood, remembering the good days is how I call it. <laughs> what, you know, I'm sure a lot of people come to your table and, and they ask a lot of fantastic questions. Um, but what's something that you kind of wish more people would ask or somebody would ask you? How to join, how to help. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a bigger thing. Um, people think, well, you have to be dressed up. There's a lot of other support that mm -hmm. we use all the time that people don't realize we need. Um, simply just somebody standing next to us while mm -hmm. we need to go take a break. A lot of these outfits get hot. I yeah. cannot wear my helmet all the time, even with the fans in it. And the people with helmets can't always see, and, and so they need someone to guide them around, even someone to... Uh, I'm, I'm stealing some of your thunder. <laughs> I've no. done a lot of... As a camera person that runs around all these events, having someone even completely in civilian clothing helps enormously because yeah. they can get through crowds faster if you really need... Even just a bottle of water, it's so important. Or run back to the car, or I can't see this mask. You know, can you guide me? Or yeah. pick, you know, oh, that person has a business card. Can you grab this business card or hand out business cards? Yada, yeah. All the things that my camera person is like, you make me do all these things. <laughs> yes, but he's acknowledging you that without you, it's really big. The third hand B14? Yeah, yeah, 14. I'm going to get that right one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, just to support people in the, for all the people that like, dress up in these costumes is huge. When I wear my helmet and it's on, literally, I have two little slits that I'm seeing that's green tinted. So if somebody's a little underneath me, I can't tell. So just having handlers, it, it's one of those things that's great. Yeah, the last person we interviewed, um, the, the the speed painter, he was telling us uh, he tripped over a two-year-old behind him when he was on stage because he, he just couldn't see him because he was in the middle of performing. And he just he hit the two-year-old behind him, and, and <laughs> down he went. Yes, yeah, so it's it, Unfortunately, yes. We, I mean, we wear these big outfits, and um, we need help handlers more because our garrison has uh, life-size props so i've taken toys that were made in the 80s and actually made them in real life 
Uh, we do have a video on YouTube, the Cobra Asp. Uh, great toy I built, handles great towing, but to have somebody be able to get in these vehicles like they were an action figure, that's awesome to see that light light up. Like I'm actually in this thing. Somebody was crazy enough to make this life size standing over 11 feet tall and I'm walking into it. I think I saw one of those last year. You, yes. Okay. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so I don't have footage from this year's Astronomicon event footage, but if you go last year to 2019 Astronomicon, you will see that vehicle that, so you built, so, I don't know if you built that one, but so you built several of these. Actually, that one I built, I built what they call the Cobra Ferret, came out in 1985 as a toy. It's an ATV, but I wanted it for something for little kids to jump on, mm -hmm. and we took it out to the Grand Rapids show, it's the very first time. And I swear, there was a line of kids just wanting to jump on this, play on it. And that's why I built it for So that way the kids felt more like they could have a little bit of fun. We put a backdrop behind them, like the uh, artwork from the G.I. Joe boxes. So when they took a picture, they were looking like they were an action figure with the backdrop. It looked awesome. It was fun. It was great. And that, 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 that's great. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, what was that? So G.I. Joe went through a few iterations. Has anyone done anything other than the classics? Yes, actually. I should say the classic 80s cartoon, because obviously it started way before that. I should say anyone do anything other than the 80s version. Actually, there's some that have done the 12-inch versions. How do you do that? Um, simple outfit. I mean, the, the, the okay. 60s 12-inch was very easy, actually. It's mostly common military gear. Yeah, like, like, do people, like, recognize them for being a G.I. Joe? Like, why are you dressed up like that? Actually, it's harder for them to be individual like that, to be kind of, like, sorted out being, okay, yes, you're a G.I. Joe. Um, the 80s was a very big, colorful, colorful, flamboyant timeline for these characters. I mean, my helmet is gold-plated, and, you know, you see my gold head shining off of stuff. Well, hey, that must be something important. I got to go see. Uh, the 86 Cobra Vipers, uh, a company called Pit Viper Studios, they make that. It's chrome tinting on the front of it. So you could see yourself in there, but you can't see who's behind it. And a great thing today, we had a couple that were doing that. And a guy was talking to one of them and had no realization until she took off her helmet that she was female. Ha! It's amazing. That, that was a shock. He was, he was like, wait, what? He was like, no way. I was like, no, we have a lot of females that do these you know, male-only characters, and it's great. It's cosplay. It's allowed. Nobody cares. They're there to have fun. And a good cause. It's a good cause, but to have fun is, we can't stress it enough. It's to have fun. I mean, where else could you be a life-size toy and get away walking around? And I mean, the looks I get when I tow the cover ass around town is it, phenomenal. I mean, it's nothing like somebody going, wait, is that really a weapon that somebody's just driving through town with? <laughs> and I live in a small town, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Has anyone um, tried to convert their car into some G.I. Joe vehicle? Actually, I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe the garrison out of Kansas did. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. They took a vehicle and made it a Stinger Jeep. We had one CO that just moved from up north down to Arizona. And it's a Jeep, and he has missiles on it for the Stinger Jeep. So I don't know how much he drives it around, but <laughs> if he could, I would suggest it. But we do have somebody else that was in Michigan that built the 1986 
Dreadnought Thunder Machine. Full scale, real life. It was in one Dragon Con uh, parade. It's a phenomenal parade. It's major, huge. But he wound up doing it once and then wound up selling it to a collector down in Florida and hasn't been seen since. Um, wow, that's, that's really almost sad to end with. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm going to wrap it up right now. But that's really sad to end with. So tell me something happy to end with. <laughs> well, Michigan, since I'm doing a lot of this uh, projects, we have a couple more coming up. We're going to be doing a very large display at Grand Rapids Comic Con 2021. Uh, more details will come, and it's going to be a lot of surprise because we're going to have a lot of space to fill. Where can you find details at? Uh, this will actually be not listed yet. It will be on Grand, uh, Grand Rapids, uh, Grand Rapids uh, Comic Con.com when it's going to be showing up that will be in the main uh, spotlight for the 2021. Does your garrison have their own like Facebook page or you send everyone to the main uh, website or Facebook page or go? This is your opportunity to promote everything of yourself or your garrison or both. Actually, I we are our own individual page, uh, the CDFF. Um, you can just type that into Facebook and find us. Uh, you can go to our main page, the finest uh, and like I said earlier, click on the world link. You know, not just us, but look at all the other people and what they do. Um, we try to put up more pictures of who's in the garrisons. So you can actually look at less like, like, oh, my goodness, these are like figures that I had back in the day. And if you're ever in that area, please come say hi. I mean, that's the great thing about it. We're doing it for fun, too. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. And of course, uh, Media Layer Sandwich can be found on all your favorite podcast apps. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app, just let me know over at podcast at medialittersandwich.com or just go to the Facebook page or just look up Toted. You'll find something of me where you can reach out. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Boy, a smart one here. What's up there, buddy? Stealing footage. What's up? I see you. What's happening, brother? We need to hire you to work on a trauma movie. You're, you're a trauma material. All right, let's go. And, and we've been to trauma dance Detroit several Toxie, times. Come on, it's so many cool things. Damn it, Toxie. Watch out, Toxie. Get on the other side of this. Yeah. What's your name? Come on, Toxie. Get tight. Get close. Close. They can't see you. Can you see him now? Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you, Lloyd. Can I just call you Uncle Lloyd? How many people, of course, call, how many people just call you Uncle Lloyd? Millions of people all over the world, especially in China, they call me Uncle Lloyd. Really? And in South America, I'm T.O. Lloydy. And, and that's mostly due to the animated Avengers. No, no. It's, uh, I think, uh, thanks to Surf Nazis Must Die. Toxie, okay. get in tight because you'll be cut <laughs> off in a thing here. I've been doing this for 50 years. Come on, Toxie. Jesus Christ. All right, where were we? What <laughs> we're is talking about... Why am I on this thing? What is this? Well, you're on Media Litter Sandwich. Oh, oh, oh. And this is... I'm sorry. I... Oh, no. Oh, sorry, I, stop uh, it. I'm not quite up to trauma standards, which is no, interesting you're, enough. Believe me, you're way ahead of my pay, uh, above <laughs> my pay scale. Anyway, where were we? So tell me about, you know, what, what are you working on now? I know trauma does a lot of distribution on top of uh, st still making movies, right? Yes, we're still making movies. Great that you're so informed. Well, well, I noticed that a lot of people are like, yeah, we're also on trauma now because of distribution. So you're helping people that aren't necessarily trauma production. We are treasures, believe me. And we've just finished my latest film mm -hmm. to mark my 50th year, Lloyd Kaufman. 
because he has no idea who I am. Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment, 46-year-old. See, they love Troma. 46-year-old company. The oldest American studio, period, that's independent. And probably the last one. And See, we just finished, to answer your question, oh yeah. we Please. just finished hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. Now, what Shakespearean play was that based on, sir? I don't know, but you know what? I hope you tell me. The Tempest. The Tempest by William Shakespeare. Hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. Just, just finished. Mm -hmm. Toxie's in it, uh, briefly, a cameo. Kabuki Man, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Uh, and it's uh, my uh, view of, uh, many years ago we made Tromeo and Juliet. Yep. And the writer of Tromeo and Juliet, as Toxie will tell you, went on to make uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mr. James Gunn. Now, so now we are doing, uh, we're back to Shakespeare, The Tempest, and I think that uh, Quentin Tarantino wants to write it, but we already made it, so <laughs> what are you gonna do? So you challenged me, you said I don't know anything about you. Yeah, I actually read that. I challenge you. I, I actually read that you're in the Peace Corps. How, how do you... Wrong you, again. Fake news. That's fake news. It was, was on your Wikipedia, so yeah, they'll need that's wrong. The Wikipedia is so wrong. Yeah? Should be the weakest shittier, but I, I, you know, I can't keep up with it. It's so wrong. But it, it makes me look a lot better than I am. Yeah. But I did spend a year in Chad. I was a Pathfinder for the Peace Corps. Okay. I was a hero because uh, I was trying to stay out of the Vietnam War. I didn't want to get my ass shot off. Mm -hmm. So I went to Chad and I uh, lived in the bush, and I tested the area I was in, Pala, Chad, P-A-L-A, and uh, I wrote reports up, and my whatever diseases I contracted, I had eyeballs on my penis, I'll tell you that much, and uh, based on my reports, the U.S. Peace Corps went into Chad, and uh, I didn't get kicked out, but they got kicked right out. Amazing. Oh, man. Lloyd Kaufman, I should be Secretary of State. So I read another thing on your Wikipedia. Maybe you can tell me if it's true or not. Yes. Um, it said you went to Yale with Oliver Stone and George W. Bush. Uh, they were in my class at Yale, but I, I grew up with uh, Oliver Stone uh -huh. from second grade. Our parents were very close friends. So I spent a lot of time with him during my formative years. And Oliver Stone got into movies because of Lloyd Kaufman. He was writing a shitty... Uh, book at uh, when we were at Yale, he was trying to be uh, James Joyce or something. It was horrible. Uh, but uh, he would hang around when I was making my films, and uh, next thing you know, he's the most talented American filmmaker. Wow. All thanks to Troma, <laughs> Troma Entertainment. And by the way, do you know about Troma now? Yes, but please keep telling us about it. I <laughs> well, you know, there's a hot new streaming service about a five years. But it's got about a thousand movies. First month is free. Troma now. It's the future, but now. Yeah, and uh, one of my you... first interviews for this podcast was actually with uh, uh, the main actor for uh, I want to say Hatchet Knife, and which uh, was on Troma now, and it was disputed by Troma. Of course. Well, better yet, there are about a thousand movies oh, on I'm Troma sure. now, and first month absolutely free. And you can rent Return to Return to Newcomb High and Return to Newcomb High, which is volume one, and Return to Return to Newcomb High, volume two, exclusively. You can't get anywhere else. Only on Troma Now and about 800 other movies, as well as my patented make your own damn movie uh, lessons on how to make blood, how to crush a head, how to raise money, 
old how to lose money. <laughs> anyway, what more can I tell you? I'm a bitter oh. old man. That's all I can. Do. But thanks so, to Astronomicon, thank you Astronomicon for making this. That's a beautiful jersey. And look at the back. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD is one of our most famous and beloved movies at Troma Entertainment Inc. And it's on Troma now. Kabuki Man, look at the camera, face the camera, look at that. Kabuki Man won best cosplay, best cosplay. And that's uh, the Toxic Avenger goes to the moon. The official Toxic Avenger goes to the moon Astronomicon Award. And it's fabulous, it's so fabulous. Wow, Kabuki Man, yeah. big hand, big hand. Thank now, you, Kabuki Man. Well, Toxie's a little jealous. <laughs> Toxie's jealous, yes, very jealous. Now, when's right. the next time you're gonna be at uh, Troma Dance Detroit? Well, I, um, it's hard to get here because I have to pay for it and uh, I can only go places where the good people pay for my transportation. You gotta got tell Terrence you gotta cough something up to get you. Well, they, they have their own issues, yeah. so. Uh, Okay. I, I, I congratulate uh, everybody on uh, Silver Bullet Productions and uh, everybody involved in Troma Dance Detroit. We just about to organize the 20th annual Troma Dance Film Festival, totally free in New York. Uh, no uh, uh, entry fee. If you Amazing. if you send your movies, you don't have to pay to enter. You can watch the movies for free. And I am hung like a no no uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Come closer, Kabuki woman, uh, Kabuki ma'am, so you can be seen. If your camera sees you, you know, that totally. So, um, anyway. Uh, Video version's way different than the audio version. <laughs> Troma, Troma Dance, uh, support uh, independent cinema. Troma Now helps support Troma Dance, which is all free. And no VIP policy. <laughs> right, the, the big party at Troma Dance. Whoever's there first, you know, we don't like let in Brad Pitt or some famous person. The fans come first. And luckily, Brad Pitt is a big fan, so we let him in. How many people Where's are currently you? working at Troma Productions, do you know? It would take me a while to count them all up, but I would say maybe eight. Yeah. Eight. And yet you have hundreds of you know of movies they, that's on Troma now. 46 years of failed filmmaking and <laughs> Uh, millions of fans, but we don't get much revenue. That's why we need you folks out there in the dark to subscribe to Troma Now. It's the future of Sergeant Kabuki Man, but now it's free the first month. For the price of Kabuki Man's movie, you could get uh, probably half a year of Troma Now, which uh, has thousands of uh, our classics and uh, many of the uh, up and coming uh, James Guns of the future. <laughs> Alrighty, so I think uh, this I've said I can't imagine saying anything more. I, hey, I really I was able to say anything, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sky high on cat tranquilizers, so what do I know? Like nice. this podcast is syndicated on a veteran owned and ran radio station. Oh, and oh well thank you for your sir thank you for your service. And Toxie has been to Iraq. There's um, mm -hmm. he's riding a tank in Iraq and uh, he's been to Afghanistan, both. Wow. Uh, supporting um, uh, uh, men and women in uniform. Are there any transvestites in uniform uh, these days? Uh, I, I'm Kabuki just going to assume so. Kabuki Mam's kind of interested, or, sorry, <laughs> him or herself, but indeterminate sex. Kabuki person, sorry, Kabuki Mam, but to me, you're a ma'am, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, 
thank you for your service. And I had I known this was actually uh, for us men and women in costume, I in uniform, I would have been same a thing, more costume, intelligent, uniform. But, but I'm all for whatever you're doing. And thanks for blowing up that bad guy over there, Salami or whatever his name is. <laughs> what was his name, Salami? <laughs> I don't know if I'm hungry now. I don't know. <laughs> I have a daughter, though, who speaks fluent Arabic, if you ever need any. Look who's here. Come on down. Come down. It's one of my daughters. Oh, wow. My daughter. Geraldine. He, Geraldine. When he starts wearing Depends, when Lloyd wears Depends, he's going to be able to d depend on me. I'm going to change those Depends. Nice. Thank you. Oh, he's not wearing them right now. So that's really comforting no, to know. No, he's not. He's still... Wearing, to the cam Look you're at the still camera. wearing underwear. Wait, he's Don't still wearing underwear. Okay, talk to the... Hi. <laughs> this is why I could never be a, a weather forecaster. Well, you knew there was a certain amount of precipitation in my underpants. <laughs> right? So... Uh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Mr. Lloyd... Uncle Lloyd is the greatest man in the whole world. He's a genius. That's all. Well, I watched Redneck Zombies when I was eight years old. That's when I was exposed to that. And I'm going to be 30, like, in two months. Ew. I'm going to be wearing Depends. No way, buddy. You're going to change mine. I'll change yours. Wow. It's a date. Throw in a few bananas and we're set. Uh, Uncle, Thank you. What, what's a movie that See you how the fans love me? <laughs> Who needs an Oscar? You can buy an Oscar, right? This is a good lesson for you young perverts. I mean, people, you can buy an Oscar. It's just money. You cannot buy the kind of love that we have from our fans. Look at the line there. They're all oh, pissed yeah. off. You. I actually feel kind of bad holding yeah, up your line. Yeah, you, I probably, get... <laughs> feel, you probably feel bad for just talking to me. But at any rate... Uh, can I ask you one oh, more question? Hold on. Um, one more question, I, Kabuki ma'am. What what's a movie you think a lot of people don't know that you worked on that you'd like that you'd like to see better? Like like more people to know. What's in Well, I'll tell you a very uh, interesting movie that's coming out someday. The new Suicide Squad that James Gunn directed because he directed Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen my amazing cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. I have 2 seconds in that and I am so good. I'm so hot. What uh, scene are you in? You'll have to go see the movie. I'm not going to be a spoiler. <laughs> I'm sorry. I signed an NDA, right, Kabuki man? All right. Well, at any rate, I would say uh, that, although uh, people don't know that about the Rocky, I have a big part in Rocky. Really? Rocky, I play the drunken bum. And boy, I, I uh, studied for that one. Yeah, check out Rocky. I got also thanked by the director at the Oscars. But I better move along, seriously. Oh, absolutely. Go look me up on Wikipedia. You'll see that uh, <laughs> I produced uh, uh, The Irishman and uh, The Lighthouse and uh, Deep Throat. All those <laughs> Thank All right, you so away. much. Thank yes, you. I'll go. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our discussion and may the algorithms be in your favor.